is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the eavesdrop. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle. March is Women's History Month. Yes, I love the fact that there is a whole entire month to honor women who have made amazing contributions to the world. I believe we bring so much to the table in society, don't you? We serve so many roles. We are professionals, educators, political leaders, entrepreneurs, caretakers, and the list goes on and on and on and on. We are living in times where women are trailblazers and we are trailblazing in male-dominated professions. Just take a look at our vice president. Our vice president is a woman. So this month on the eavesdrop, I want to celebrate you. I have an awesome lineup this month. So you want to tune in every single week to get your daily dose of inspiration, encouragement, and empowerment. Each episode will focus on mental, spiritual, and emotional empowerment. I think that in order for us to continue to be great in society, we not only need to be physically healthy, but our inner woman needs nurturing too. Don't you agree? I am so excited for this month and you should be too. So to head things off this month, it will be yours truly. And today we will discuss how to embrace your failures. Next week, we will have a discussion with Jennifer Wade, a confidence coach about loving the skin that you are in. And you know, we all need self-love. So we will definitely be discussing self-esteem and loving ourselves and being comfortable in who we are and comfortable with our bodies and our image. Then Delphine Blanchard, who is the owner of Breakthrough Care and Research Center, will grace us with her presence to discuss breaking through imposter syndrome. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Well, I think a lot of us suffer from that. And if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, you need to check into the eavesdrop. And then lastly, but definitely not least, Kimberly Houston Bryant. She is an entrepreneur, author, and fellow podcaster, and she'll be here to give us the tools that are necessary in order to accomplish our own dreams and aspirations. This is a powerful month. Don't miss it. And then we will bring it all home with an inspirational episode of The Wind Down. Are you guys loving The Wind Down like I am? I hope so. So definitely tune in each week. So move over, James Brown, because it's a woman's world on the eavesdrop for the month of March. Today, I want to discuss 
the importance of embracing our failures. Lately, I have been reading a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. And I find that this book is a powerful tool because it helps us to build mental strength. And I think with everything going on in our society, what we need is to be mentally tough. And this book really prepares you for life's challenges. One of my favorite chapters in a book is chapter 10. So in chapter 10, Amy Morin reminds us that mentally strong people do not give up after they have failed. And this chapter resonated with me because while reading it, I was reminded of my own brush with failure. We've all had situations, I'm sure, great and small, where we failed at something. And this chapter basically reminds us that our failures are actually stepping stones. So just to give you a little background about me and my story of failure that I had in the past. So I attended Frontier Nursing University for my master's in nursing. It was in this program that I studied to become a woman's health nurse practitioner. And before I continue with the story, I've never really shared this with too many people, like only my closest relatives and some of my closest friends know this. So this is definitely a moment of transparency for me. But back to the story. So before graduating, we were required to take a comprehensive examination. And this exam would determine my fate in graduating, not just with successfully completing the program, but it determined if I would be able to move on and advance my career as an advanced nurse practitioner. The program only allowed two opportunities to take this exam. And if you could not successfully pass, you did not graduate. It did not matter if you were magna or summa cum laude. You could have straight A's within the program. If you did not get an 80% or higher on this comprehensive exam, you would be withdrawn from the program. So you can only imagine the anxiety. Every time I thought about this test, my hands would start sweating, my armpits would start sweating, I would start wondering if I'm really going to pass or if I'm going to be a nurse practitioner. I mean, the anxiety was real. And because of the anxiety, I studied really hard. I studied every single day and night. I spent countless dollars on study material. I participated in study groups and even sacrificed dating and having outings with my friends and sorority sisters. Days leading up to the test, I prayed and I fasted. Um, during my fast, I only had liquids from sun up to sundown. I designated each morning as a time to meditate. I read scripture and I just communed with God. I really needed to feel his presence. I needed him to remove the doubt that I had in myself. And I knew that only he knew what the outcome would be and how completing this program would align with his plans for my life. So I really needed to hear from him. So the night before the exam, I avoided looking at any study material. I even went to the movies that evening just to get my mind off of the exam and just to have a little fun. You know, after all, I had sacrificed so much preparing for this exam. So the next morning, 
I woke up, I was refreshed, I was ready to be successful on this test. And I drove to the test center just blasting my gospel music. I was listening to Ty Trivet's song, He Turned It. And for those of you who have not heard this song, it is a really upbeat song. And you can get your praise on with this song. <laughs> I prayed and I worshiped before getting out of the car. And, you know, I felt prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually. I just knew that I had studied enough. Um, I prayed and I invited God into the experience with me. So I just knew I would be okay. So once I made it inside of the testing center, I handed all my identification cards and put my things away. And I sat down to take my exam. And the first few questions that I answered were super easy. I thought to myself, oh, the study sure did pay off. I'm about to pass this thing. Woo. And so I just kept answering question after question. And then all of a sudden, the question started to look a little foreign. And I didn't think too much of it because after all, they can't make the test too easy, right? No one can get a straight A on the test. Well, that's what I thought. So every question after that will become even more foreign than the last. And after I answered the last question, I was really doubtful at this point whether or not I would pass. So I paused before hitting the submit button and I told God, not my will, but yours. And then I submitted my exam and it seemed like it took forever for that little hourglass. You know that little hourglass when you hit submit and you're waiting for the next page and it just keeps turning and turning. It seemed like it took forever to disappear. But once it did disappear, I saw a 78 staring right back at me. Now remember, you needed an 80 in order to pass. Now, when I saw the 78, I blinked real hard twice. I rubbed my eyes. I wanted to hit control, alt and delete. <laughs> because I could not believe what I was seeing. I had actually failed this exam by two points. I was really confused. Like so many questions started to just develop in my head. Should I have studied instead of going to the movies the night before? Did I not study enough? Was my music too loud on the way to the testing center? Should I have meditated a little bit on the way to the testing center? Maybe I shouldn't have said not my will, but yours before hitting the submit button. I mean, my mind was just going and going and going. And so many things were running through my mind. And then finally, the tears started falling. I was so disappointed that I had failed this exam. So just like me, everyone will experience failure at some point in their lives. However, everyone will respond differently. Some will give up and never try again. Some will allow it to define their capabilities and others will pick up the pieces and try again. Whatever the case may be, it is important to understand that failure is not the end. It is indeed an integral part of the journey. In chapter 10 of Amy Morin's book, she reminds us that mentally strong people do not give up after the first failure. There are several things that I want to share from this chapter and how you can apply this information to your own individual situation. 
The first thing, she asks a question, why do we give up? There are so many reasons, but I wanted to pinpoint a few that she discussed in the chapter. There is nothing easier than walking away from something we were not successful at. In my situation, walking away from the computer after taking that exam and never looking back and just giving up the fight to pass that exam would have been so much easier than going back and just studying to pass. It takes more strength and courage to reroute and try again, but most people will give up because they are afraid to fail again. Amy Morin explains that some people will give up because they allow their failures to define them. For example, someone who failed at a business venture may not believe that they are meant for entrepreneurship. Or someone who did not make the cheerleading squad may think that they wouldn't make a good cheerleader. And in my case, after I failed that exam, I was questioning whether or not I should be an advanced registered nurse practitioner. Another great point that she makes is that some of us have a fixed mindset about our abilities. We feel that we are born with a certain level of unchangeable talent. Therefore, when we experience failure, we don't bother to improve and try again. The second thing that really stuck out to me about this book is she said that it is important to change how we view failure. A lot of us will view failure as something bad, but in order to embrace our failures, we have to change that view. Most people see failure as a negative thing, which makes it unacceptable and not as welcoming in our journeys. However, if we change the narrative and view it as a part of our journey to success, it will be more acceptable and we will be more capable of facing our fear of failure and would be willing to try more, try new things. Remember, failing can be a wonderful experience. It can be, really. When we give into our failures, we give up hope and our dreams and aspirations. So in my case, if I would have just let go of that test and said, I'm not ever trying to take this again, I am done, I would have given up on my dreams and my aspiration of being a nurse practitioner. So when you give up hope and you give into your failures, you basically give up on your dreams and your aspirations. If you quit after each failure, you send a message to yourself that failure is bad. And in all actuality, failures provide opportunities for us to learn more about ourselves. It allows us to discover what works for us and what doesn't. And it may reroute us to new innovative ideas. This book reminds us that it is difficult to succeed without failing once. Just think about it. Many great people of our time failed before reaching their goals and their aspirations. After you have failed, it is important to move forward in a different direction. And this is another amazing point that Amy makes in her book. After we experience failure, we must troubleshoot, evaluate what happened, and then think about how you wish to proceed. If you decide to try again, evaluate the failure, 
learn from many mistakes, and then create a different plan that will increase your chances for success. In my story, after I failed the test, the school provided me with a summary of my exam and I was able to review areas of both weakness and strength. And I created a new study plan for myself that was based on the outcome of the failed exam. And I passed the second time around. Another thing about this experience to note is that after I failed this exam, I had to go back and study and study (laughs) and study some more. And I believe that all of that studying that I had to do after the first attempt to take that test allowed me to pass the actual certification exam for the first time. I only had to take boards once and I passed the first time around. And I believe that it was that failure that had to push me to study more that actually got me ready to take the actual certification exam. And this is a great example of how to create a successful plan once we embrace our failures. A common misconception about failure is that you need natural talent in order to be successful. Some people may believe they failed at something because it wasn't their gift or calling. Oftentimes we are led to believe that in order to be great and successful at something, you need natural talent. We've all heard the expressions, you were born for this, or you have a special gift, you have a special calling on your life. While it is true that some people are born with special abilities, most talent can be developed through hard work. Amy Moran reviews a research study in her book um, that found that after 10 years of daily practice, Most people can surpass others with natural talent in the area of sports, music, and visual arts. So there is truth to the saying, you can do anything you put your mind to. Overcoming failure makes you better and stronger. When we are successful in achieving something we failed at before, it gives us a new perspective about our capabilities and our failures. It allows us to reveal hidden strengths and to identify areas in our lives that need improvement. And it is important to know that sometimes our failures and how we get up and how we keep pushing will inspire others. What you do in the face of failure will inspire and motivate others. How you show up when faced with the ultimate defeat will impact the lives around you. Sometimes our success and failures are not for us, but for others who are watching and aspiring. Finally, normalizing failure and viewing it as a part of life's journey can be one of the most profound changes that you will make in your life. Failure doesn't feel good, but the lessons that you gain from it can be life-changing. Thank you for listening. Now, for each episode this month, 
I want to recognize women who have made integral strides and contributions to our communities. Today, I want to recognize Regina Benjamin. She is a powerful trailblazer in medicine and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Hey, Soror. <laughs> so let me read a little piece about her. Regina Benjamin served as the Surgeon General from 2009 to 2013 under the leadership of President Barack Obama. As America's doctor, she provided the public with the best scientific information available on how to improve their health and the health of the nation. She also oversaw the operational command of 6,500 uniformed public health officers who served in locations around the world to promote and protect the health of the American people. Founder and CEO of Bayou Clinic Incorporated and the Gulf States Health Policy Center, she specializes in prevention policies and health promotion among individuals as well as large populations, especially concerning obesity, childhood obesity, and children's health. She has special interests in rural health care, health disparities among socioeconomic groups, suicide prevention, violence, and mental health. In 1995, she was the first physician under the age of 40, y'all. This is where I was just amazed. She did all of this under the age of 40, and she was the first African-American woman to be elected to the American Medical Association Board of Trustees. Other past board memberships include the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Kaiser Family Foundation, Commission on Medicaid and the Uninsured, Catholic Health Association, and Morehouse School of Medicine. She is a member of the Institute of Medicine and a fellow of the American Academy of Family Physicians. She has been chosen as a Kellogg National Fellow and a Rockefeller Next Generation Leader. In 1998, she was the United States recipient of the Nelson Mandela Award for Health and Human Rights. Regina Benjamin is just amazing. As I was researching her and trying to put all of this together, I don't even believe that this brief introduction of her does any justice. She has done so much in the area of medicine and she is just a trailblazer and such an example of what a go-getter is and why we are celebrated in this month. She is simply amazing. This today is Regina Benjamin Day. Today we honor you, my sister. Take your bow. Thank you so much for tuning in weekly and supporting the eavesdrop. As always, I am here to serve you. If you have any questions or concerns about today's episode, or if there is anything you wish to learn more about on the show, don't hesitate to reach out. You can reach me at drshalanabattle at gmail.com. Again, that is drshalanabattle at gmail.com. Also, stay updated on everything about the eavesdrop by following me on Instagram at the real eavesdrop underscore podcast. Again, that is the real eavesdrop underscore podcast. Well, until the next episode, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.